0: All right, everybody. It is Monday night. Time for cheap seats. You know, normally this is Gene's thing. He's usually running this, but, you know, he couldn't be with us tonight. I'll try to be back next week, but you know, life happens. He's taking care of some stuff, but it's all good. You just see Jordan up on here. He's all also got stuff he's taken care of so had to bring in the ringer we got coach dante here i mean you guys know him from sports empire network doing all the play-by-plays and everything and i mean it's my first time actually i think doing a show with you so we're gonna have a lot of fun with this uh key already saying what's What's going on key but um but yeah so cheap seats you know for those of you might be new to it it's just barbershop sports topics, you know, we're not doing, you know, we're not doing the normal thing where it's like, oh, what happened in this game last night? None of that. It's just sitting around, just talking sports, and let's have some fun with it. So you guys in the chat, you already know, you can throw out topics as well. We got some time at the end of it. We'll we'll take the best one or two and debate it as well. But before we get into everything,
1: Coach, how you doing tonight? Hey, man, I'm doing I'm doing awesome. How you doing, man? Thank y'all Thank you for having me on Cheap Seats for the first time. This is the first time you've done some work. So I'm definitely honored to do it, man. I'm definitely honored to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I'm honored to be on here with you because, like I said, you play-by-plays and, play-by-plays and everything, like, you you know your sports, So I yeah. know it's going to be good.
1: <laughs>
0: definitely. So, um, so yeah, like, like I said kind of before the show, I have a couple. A topic, you know, I have my normal one got to go, but I do want to start off with an, NV- an NFL question for you. Oh, gotcha. So looking at the NFL, it kind of recently there's been a lot of news about the NFL in terms of gambling. You know, players gambling getting in trouble and all that. Simple question. Do you think the NFL has a gambling issue? Like, do you think it's a big deal or it's just like, that's ah, not that bad right now?
1: Well, it's a big deal for us—the player that uh, the Indianapolis Colts are going to be missing, and Michael Pittman Jr., uh, who's their number one and best wide receiver, uh, who's one of the best uh, young receivers in the game. So that's a big deal. But I do think the NFL is starting to have a gambling issue. You had Calvin Ridley, you know, at his best, sitting out a full year with uh, with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. you know, for the gambling issue, and then you got uh, uh, another player, Isaiah. Uh, sitting out uh, on the investigation for it. So, yes, I do think the NFL got a gambling issue. And like I said, again, it's going to hurt basically the Indianapolis Colts a lot because they're going to be missing their number one target. Now you're hearing rumors about DeAndre Hopkins all of a sudden and what they're going to do at the receiver position. So far as the Colts and, you know, the team-wise, yes, it's going to definitely hurt them.
0: All right. So Keith says Michael Pittman was fake. So I guess it's, we'll we'll say because I did see that in the chat as well. Well, all we know is the Colts have an issue with it. So yeah. it's another team that's dealing with the gambling problem. And I kind of agree with you. I think. Well, I think still at this point it's probably not probably the biggest deal in the NFL, but it's kind of happening a little bit too much <laughs> right now for for my good. It's like. I thought once the Ridley thing happened, players are kind of be hesitant to do whatever they're doing. But then we just saw like Jameson Williams, and then he's talking about he didn't even know the gambling policy and all that. So it kind of seems like the Players Association isn't doing their job preparing yeah. players for, you know, the changing landscape of gambling and sports. Yeah. Because we know that, you know, a lot of the other leagues have kind of embraced – Sports betting because it's a big industry, but if the players are unsure of what they're allowed to do, where they're allowed to do it, then I think more of these stories are going to happen. So the player associations going to have to figure this out, and I, I don't, I don't even know what they're supposed to do at this point. Send on a memo? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I, I don't, I don't get it. But um, yeah, I can't, I can't understand how players would like, you know, put their career at risk. Because yes, I get it, you know, sports betting, it's it's fun. I guess if you're good at it, I mean if you're bad, it's not necessarily the best hobby to have, but like just know when you could do it. Like if you're on team facilities, it's like <laughs> wait till you get home, man.
1: Yeah, at least wait till you get home. That's right. gonna be the best best time to even do it. But in the team facilities, nah, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, these athletes, man. Some of them I, I don't know, but hopefully, this is another cautionary tale, like. Mm-hmm even in the locker room like if you're a teammate and you see somebody who might be doing that like as a veteran or a leader maybe you're the one who has to educate some of the younger players if the players association is not doing it
1: definitely definitely so uh what i come up with you know for a topic and it's an interesting one right here you got uh you know we you got phil sims who makes lists every week every Mm -hmm. year uh so now you got now you got half of the top 40 got Lamar Jackson at number five. You do have Trevor Lawrence at number six. Jalen Hurts at seven. Watson at nine. Matthew Stafford, who was hurt all year last year, most of the year at number 10. Uh, Jones at number 11. You got uh, Kirk Cousins at 12. Prescott at 13. And you got uh, Russell Wilson, 14. Geno, 15. You got Tannehill. 16, you got Jerry Goff, 17, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, 19, Matt Jones. Any problem with that list that you got? Oh, Who would you uh, flip-flop up out, of the, up out of that top 20?
0: Oh, man, that's a good one. Uh, so you have Lamar at five. Yes. And Lawrence was six.
1: You yeah, have Trevor Lawrence at six, yeah.
0: I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I mean, Matt Jones at 20. I mean, even the Patriots fan of me, I couldn't necessarily argue with him being that low uh
1: where was Hertz again Hertz was at uh seven behind Trevor Lawrence
0: uh that's that's a little well I don't know that's that's probably arguable because yeah. I could say Jalen hurts because of just what he did last year and I think the trajectory of his career. I could say he's might be he might be a little bit better than Trevor Lawrence. Like, I get it. Trevor Lawrence is a great arm talent. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a really good quarterback. But I, I probably put Hurts slightly ahead of Lawrence right now.
1: Yeah. Like, I got Lamar Jackson. I kind of put him a little lower. I think he deserves to be in the top 10, but not in the top five due to his injury history last year. Mm-hmm. I will argue I will put Jalen Hurts in, at number five because I think he's – shown enough for the past two years he led uh, the Eagles to the playoffs and to uh, Super Bowl last year so I think he's done more than enough to earn that top five spot Trevor Lawrence like you said he does have arm talent but I mean this is on I, I, I can't be sold on Trevor Lawrence having one good just this one good season I gotta see it again this coming year I don't know, man. I don't know about Trevor Lawrence at number six. I think to me that's too high, for, a little bit too high for him. I think mm-hmm. if you want to put him in the top 12, I think you can definitely do that at that point. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, think he can still get it done with uh, what with with a good defense over there, you know, in uh, New York. He's got a better receiving court already than he had over the, his last year in Green Bay, so he's already got that accomplished. Uh, Watson, you got to see a, a full season up out of him. He, had, he was in into a good groove at the late part of the season last year, so he showed some talent to be a top five quarterback when he was in actually playing a full season in the NFL. So Matthew Stafford, I think he should be a little lower. I think he, he should be a, a little lower a little bit. But Russell Wilson at 14, what what you think about Russell Wilson being at 14? I think it's about right. Because, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, look, I, I was
0: a big fan of his in Seattle. He had a rough year last year. But I feel like that was mainly Nathaniel Hackett, because once he was gone, he started playing better. You bring in Sean Payton. I'm assuming Russell Wilson's gonna look a lot better. But um, so who was 13 and who was 15? Like who was so right? you had,
1: you had, uh you had at number at number 13. At number 13, you had Prescott. You had Prescott, you had uh Kirk Cousins at number 12. You can argue I would have I would have put Kirk Cousins over uh over Matthew Stafford's spot. I think he's borderline. I'm, like I say, I understand his uh, playoff history. It's not really right. good. I understand that part right there. But he's still a solid, a good quarterback in this league. Statistically, when you look at him, he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He just can't get it done in prime time oh, yeah. in a big game. That's just all it is. So statistically, I still think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't think he's no more than that, no more than that. But the only thing about it, uh, he just can't get it done in the regular season. And we forgot their secondary wasn't good last year. They got help on the secondary position with Byron Murphy. They did get better with him. They mm-hmm. came from Arizona. So they should be a little bit better. Their running back room is going to be get a little younger because Dalvin Cook won't, won't even be a Minnesota Viking this coming season. He's right. going to be somewhere else. So uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Daniel Jones, I think, I don't know about putting him in the top 11. I, I think he, I, I will argue top, top 17, one of that. I think he did have a solid year, especially improving his turnover rate.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be interesting because last yeah. year, you know, the Giants weren't all that good. So it's kind of easy for him to sneak up on a couple of teams. But now with this year, I mean, they did bring in Darren Waller. Yeah. I think there's still questions with the wide receiver position. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a top 12 quarterback yeah. next year.
1: Yeah.
0: That's an interesting
1: list. I was actually
0: trying to pull it up because you said it was
1: uh, Chris yeah. Sims
0: or Phil, Phil yeah, Sims. Yeah, right? it was
1: basically Phil Sims. He makes his top 40 quarterback list every year. And, you know, he already got his 40 quarterbacks down. Desmond Ritter ends up at the last spot, just at number 40, right there. Got two at 21. At 21. Probably because of the injury. Right. That's where you could argue he shouldn't even play one another game. I think, uh, I think he got a concussion that second time, you can argue, but they threw him back out there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he looked bad doing it. Jimmy Garoppolo at 22. Now, I'm surprised Justin Fields, you know, at 23. But again, Justin Fields had a terrible squad. Let's be right. honest. I mean, you can't, you're not going to win with uh, Chase Claypool being your number one wide receiver. And Darnell Mooney being a number two wide, borderline number two at best, a so number two wide receiver. You're not going to win many games with that with that wide receiving core. They had the worst, one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, their tight their tight end don't show up time and time. Cole Clement. now they got they they got a better tight end though. Robert Tunyon is going to be nice from Green Bay. Robert Tunyon is going to be a nice little target. DJ Moore is a nice little target. Now we get to see the real kind of Justin Fields, I think, this year. Yeah, I agree
0: with that. I think Justin Fields will will definitely have a better year. I think they made some additions to the offensive line as well. It has to be better than last year. I mean, last year nah, he yeah. was running for his life last year. <laughs> even though a lot of people I think are wildly underrating him, especially some yeah. of the Bears fans who, like, trade him and all that, I don't think you need to do that. I, I think it's hard to evaluate a quarterback like Justin Fields until you get the right pieces around him, and then you could be like, oh, now we see the kind of talent he is. If he's dropping yeah. back, scrambling because defense linemen are in his face, I can't say he's a bad quarterback because yeah. of that. Yeah. It's just the team around him. So I think this year will be important for him because with the upgrades that they have made, I think we want to see some type of progression in his game this year. But, yeah, yeah I, I think he'll have a pretty good year. I do think that. Yep. Um, I'm still trying to find that list, but because I was trying to remember all the names you said. Uh <laughs> I mean Ritter at 40. Look, I mean
1: the last yeah, he the last quarterback I, on the- I mean team.
0: that seems about right because I don't <laughs> even know if I can name the 41st quarterback, but he's gonna be under this, this microscope as well, because that yeah. Falcons team made a lot of additions in the offseason. That's a division that's wide open, and I think a lot of people feel like the Falcons should be in play there. Yeah. So if they're not early on in the season, I could see was it Taylor Heineke getting yeah. snaps on that team.
1: I like but. the Saints. I like I, I do like the Falcons' ability to I think that I now I think the Falcons are borderline the second best team in the division, in the division, but I do like the I still like the Saints a little bit more better. They do got some stability at the quarterback situation now and Derek Carr. Um Opposing if Michael Thomas can come back to his old self, which is that kind of that would be kind of hard for him to do. But you do got Chris Olave who can open up the field. You do got Chris Olave that can open up the field, and you got a very good defense, man. A lot of people don't talk about that defense. Marshawn Lattimore, they do, they did lose. You know, uh David Njimano to the Falcons. That was a good move that the Falcons actually made. They did lose mm-hmm. him, but they still got a lot of strength in that secondary and on that defensive line not to mention Demario Davis at the linebacker position. Uh, so I still like the, you know, the Saints to win a division. I don't think they're a threat in the NFC, but I do like them to win a division at least at 10, 10 wins at best, 10 and 7 at best mm-hmm. for that division.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, that division is is wild because yeah. I've been going back and forth. Like I think of Bryce Young – plays well i think carolina could be the best team in that division it's just that it's going to be tough for a first year quarterback he's got to get adjusted to the nfl speed and everything so they might drop some games early yeah maybe they shouldn't and like you said i think the saints will be improved because of Derek carr you know atlanta made all these moves their biggest question marks me ritter yeah tampa bay look baker mayfield is good and Tam Bay can surprise some people but sitting here today they're probably third or fourth best in that division but yeah i mean the quarterbacks in that division are interesting yeah <laughs> very interesting because it, it's like boomer bust with every one of them yeah so yeah that's 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 interesting i mean top four we already know who they are but yeah. like what what order did still ranked them the top four. Uh
1: the top, you talking about the the top four, like talking about down at the bottom, right? Down at
0: the top. I I think he
1: started. He haven't gave it it his top four yet. His top four it's not uh not there yet. He only he only got uh 40 through six. He only got 40 through six, right? He only got forty through six right uh five right now. Mm -hmm. But assuming you know the top four, we we commonly know probably know those top four quarterbacks uh probably you know Patrick Mahomes are number one Joe Burrow Josh Allen and you have Herbert you have her you have Herbert at the spot so you, we can assume and we know the top four position uh top four but it's just in what order do do we have to win? okay
0: I mean that's that's interesting especially this early to try to hit mm-hmm. the quarterbacks but I, I can I can live with that list Yep. Also I did find it. Okay. I, I just found the list. <laughs> yeah. so I was wondering where some other players were. I mean Richardson 36. Okay. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson at nine is another one that I think Deshaun Watson bounces back next year. And I think if he's if he looks anywhere like his Texan self.
1: well, no, if he's 2020. 20. He's yeah, the- I, I think he's much higher than nine. Yep, yep, if he's twenty twenty, Deshaun Watson, yep.
0: Geno Smith, Tannehill, Goff. I mean, Kyler Murray, 19, even though he's going to miss a good amount of time. hmm I mean, overall, I think the list isn't that bad. Jordan Love at 31, because I know somebody in the chat brought up Jordan Love. Oh, Josh! <laughs> you said Hopefully, Jordan. love does good. Yeah, I mean they have love behind Davis Mills. I mean that's that's not necessarily yeah, that, that's, that's not, not necessarily yeah, that's <laughs> right
1: there, <laughs> and not necessarily terrible, especially the way down Davis Mills the last That's not necessarily terrible at all. No.
0: Yeah, that's that's rough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jordan Love's going to be interesting. Yeah, because. He, he waited a lot of lot of a lot of time behind Aaron Rodgers and I don't know if the covers necessarily bare, but he'll probably have some of the same struggles Aaron Rodgers had with the receiver core. Yeah. But He has good running backs to to help him out. That's always good for a young quarterback. But yeah, love of 31. I mean, I can't argue for any higher than that necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I mean the rookie quarterbacks like I said Anthony Richardson 36, Stroud 37, Bryce Young 38. So he has Richardson being the best out of those Being the three. best out of those
1: three, Being the best out of those three, Yep.
0: I don't know if I would agree with that. Yeah, I'd probably, I think Bryce Young will be the best next year. I think Bryce
1: Young is the better quarterback yeah. out of those three. I think I think for us, you know, uh for us, uh CJ Stroud, I think for as him the best accurate quarterback. I think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I think they're going to be instant uh players day one. I think those the uh, you could have argued the, those was the only two ready quarterbacks coming in co- coming in the draft, coming out of the draft. Bottom line Anthony Richardson, but just because the coach, you know, didn't really have a quarterback like that, now Anthony Richardson, you're going to see him day one as well and him and Jonathan Taylor. um, I think that offense around him is James Steichen. He's going to put that offense uh, in Anthony Richardson's hand, and he's going to bring the best out of Anthony Richardson. And if Anthony Richardson uses somehow that James Steichen offense that can help him be successful, he can also use that running game at Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Richardson can be something good. And I think Anthony Richardson has the highest upside out of any quarterback in this draft. Uh, He's athletic. Uh, he definitely, he definitely has trouble with some accuracy issues, but Florida wasn't even a good team last year. Florida was not really that good of a team. How it looked, the receiving court wasn't really that good. The offensive line was pretty bad too. Uh when you look at Florida play, so really was it Anthony Richardson or was it the team actually were bad? I really think Florida was that bad last year. Florida was really that bad last year, but Anthony Richardson do got to improve on his decision-making. decision, decision making. So he is very good. He is talented. But, you know, NFL, you know, they're more physical, they're more faster. You know, you got to have the pocket awareness, and that remains to be seen. But he's looking good right now. He's looking good right now at OTAs. But other than that, I think he has the highest upside out of both of those, out of uh, any quarterback in this draft. He has the highest upside if, he's, uh, if he breaks the right way. If he breaks the right way, he has eyes highest facility.
0: Yeah, I I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Uh, we'll get catch up on some of these. Jacob, what's up? What's going on, Jacob? Sijin, who's been kind of a regular whenever I'm on here. <laughs> what's up, Colin? Coach, going on, Sijin?
1: <laughs>
0: David, he put in Lamar Jackson, got that big contract. I mean, yeah, with that big contract comes the responsibility yeah, and the pressure. pressure now.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Uh, Side and Russell have a bounce back year, and I already put this one from Josh. Hopefully, love does good. Yeah. Um, Trying to see whatever. what else of this list is interesting. I um, mean, they got Purdy and Darnold, basically 26 and 27. So, basically, the San Francisco quarterback position is not that great. No. Uh, I can agree with that.
1: Tannehill at sixteen. I think he should be more like in the twenties. I think he should be more like twenty twenty one some, somewhere like that. I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that bad of a quarterback. I agree big, with that. Yeah. I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback, but I think he should be more in the twenties range. Twenties range, right there. Think don't think he's a great quarterback, but he's not a. He's good enough if you put with the right pieces around him. He's good enough. 20 mm-hmm. days.
0: What's up, Jory? I mean, yeah, perfect timing because we're yep. just talking about Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Uh, so I guess let's let you know we're looking at. Uh, uh, well, this says Chris Sims, but you know, Chris Simmons, Chris Sims did a top forty quarterback list, and okay, so she she's already caught up. She said <laughs> I think he's fine at sixteen. My only question would be, coming off of the year that Jared Goff had last year, I don't know if I would have him behind Tannehill. I mean Derek Carr, that's probably arguable. I mean Murray at nineteen, that would be a little like, high for him. But
1: I like, I like that just with Kyler Murray. I like that. Come, then he's gonna be injured. I kind of like that with Kyler Murray. Right though, nineteen,
0: A little interesting. Maybe Mac above Tua. I feel like most people would say they'd probably take Tua over Mac Jones. Although I think Mac Jones is gonna be much better this year with Bill O'Brien yeah. running the offense. So I mean I mean I don't know. Looking at the players behind Tannehill, putting him at sixteen, I mean it's not the biggest crime I would say, but I could maybe make the argument for Golf over him, possibly
1: Carr. Yep, yeah. Golf had a great two years, having a good had a good underrated two years in Detroit. He had a good underrated two years, so I think he's more he's deserving of that spot. Yeah. yeah, Derek Carr, you you definitely agree. You can argue Derek Carr, Derek Carr. Just the Raiders was a bad football team last year. They 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 had, they were pretty bad last year. Even with Devontae Adams, they were pretty bad last year. They were pretty bad last year. Darren Waller, you know, kind of checked out on on them early, pretty much. I don't know if he had it. One minute he has a hamstring injury. One minute he dealing with some issues. Well, I mean, he dealing with some issues. I just think Darren Waller checked out. He didn't want to play beat in Las Vegas. No more. He wanted to be somewhere else. Hunter get was getting hurt. The only consistent offense they had was Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Really, that's the only consistent thing they had out, out of him and Devontae Adams. Otherwise, the team as a whole was pretty bad. And Josh McDaniel wanted to move on from Derek Carr. He did everything he could to try to move on, and they actually did it.
0: Yeah. I mean – it's kind of interesting for Waller if he didn't want to be in Vegas. Now he's in the New York market. <laughs> like if he sits out a little too long with a little hamstring, that media market's gonna eat him up. So hopefully he's ready for for all of that. But uh, yeah, I I wouldn't put all of the Raiders issues on Derek Carr for sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah. They're just dysfunctional. yep yeah. Um, I mean, what else about the list? Geno Smith, fifteen. Look. Geno Smith is one of the better stories of the NFL last year. <laughs> yeah. I I think, yeah, I think that's I think that's fine for him. The fact that Russell Wilson's only a spot ahead of him, like when that trade was made, people thought, you know, with Russ going to Seattle, that he was going to be top, I mean, going to Denver, I mean, was like gonna be like a top five guy. Geno Smith was a guy who didn't really work out with the Jets, didn't know what you were getting, only one spot ahead of him. Seattle still kind of came out of that trade looking really good. Yeah.
1: But I mean, arguably you can argue they didn't they had Nathaniel Hacking who wasn't ready to be a, a damn NFL coach and he looked at like it last year the way he did. But Russell Wilson still had problems anyway. The receiving core, you know, was all is always off the field. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, as good as he is, he's always off the field. Uh Jerry Judy is never on the field always. The running backs, you know, uh Javante Green got hurt early in the season to his ACL up. Melvin Gordon was uh, useless because of the fumbling issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, that team, uh, the defense was actually keeping them, the one that keeping them in games. Their defense was uh, top notch pretty much with a shutdown corner and Patrick Sertan. But for any time you have to hire another borderline, another coach to help you use your timeouts and yeah. in situational football, that's yeah. really pretty – that's pretty bad. And you could tell right away in that Seattle game when he settled for that damn 59-yard field goal, Nathaniel Hackett didn't know what he was doing right then and out. That told you he didn't know what he was doing right then and out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's the same thing as when the front office will fire the assistant coaches and keep you on board. It's like, <laughs> like they basically want to fire you, but they're giving you <laughs> one last shot at it. So, yeah, that was not the best look for Hackett. That's now the Jets' problem, although he's just an assistant coach there. So, yeah, I guess the offensive coordinator, so he's kind of in his element. And Aaron Rodgers wanted him, and he's been running the Jets offseason anyway, so yeah, why not sign him? (laughs) But, I mean, that's going to be an interesting list, especially when he does one through four. I want to see how he puts one through four, who he has. Like, we know Mahomes will be one, but two, three, and four will be interesting. And then – probably a list if i can remember at the end of the year to kind of see where where these guys kind of look based off of the year they had.
1: But outside of that, i think the rest of the list isn't too bad. Don't have a problem with the list at all. I think the list is i right. you can make an argument for you can make an argument for a lot of people on that list, but the list is pretty it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty not nothing to argue. I'll uh, get hot hot over too much.
0: Right. And I've heard Kristen say some wild stuff, but this list I'm okay Mm -hmm. with it. Yep. All right. So that kind of actually is a good transition to mine next one because I had a one got to go, and it's with NFL quarterbacks. Gotcha. So this one has Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. One got to go.
1: You said one of them gotta gotta go.
0: Yep. So you're keeping three of them and one's gotta get booted off the island.
1: All right. So if I have if one gotta go, I'ma only do this because you he I'ma go. I'm Lamar Jackson to me gotta go. Okay. Because his injury history, that's the only thing. Uh Josh, if Lamar was healthy, I would say Josh Allen would have to go. Because I think Josh Allen to me, is under a lot of pressure this year. I got him as the quarterback under the most pressure mm-hmm. uh, this year. Uh, you got Stefan Diggs. Uh, you got Stephon Diggs as your wide receiver, uh, who doesn't look too much happy after losing to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now you got Don Kikade, who's come in. So now you got two good tight ends that you can use or that you can throw to. You got Gabriel Davis, who burst on the scene. And I think also the Buffalo Bills offense uh, uh, for Josh Allen, I think Buffalo, they asked Josh Allen to do too much. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they asked Josh Allen to also do too much as well to be a runner, to be a passer. They don't use the running backs that much in the offense. So um they use Josh Allen a little bit too much. But other than that, he has some turnovers in ki- critical situations. That cannot happen. If you're going to stay or uh, be a top five quarterback and if you want to take this team to upper heights, Josh Allen has to fi- figure out a way to get it done. Get it done a lot. Get it done. Uh, he has to figure out a way to be- get past Kansas City. He has to figure out a way to get past show cool because against Minnesota, he had a terrible turnover in the overtime. Against the Jets, he had two big time turnovers of the game that I actually called. He had two big time turnovers. So we I seen so we've seen several times when Josh Allen threw the ball in coverage that he wasn't supposed to throw it in. And this team is too good not to be at least going to an AFC championship game. So if it weren't for Lamar Jackson injury history, I would actually have Josh Allen got to go. So I think he's one of the quarterbacks up under the most pressure. This year, this team is too good. This defense is good enough. They they did lose uh Edmonds at the linebacker spot. Uh, but they still got uh they still got uh Matt Milano who's really good. So mm-hmm. um this team is too good not to get to an AFC championship, and it has to start with Josh Allen. But the offense do offense do ask them to do a lot because they don't use the running backs a lot in the offense. You keep drafting running backs, and everybody's saying they need a running back, they need a running back, they just don't use them. Devin Singletary was a 900 yard back. Uh, two years ago he was an 800 yard back last year so it ain't the running backs prop it ain't the running backs uh fault actually they just don't feature the running backs i think that just adds josh allen to do too much that plays up into his turnover being turnover prone a lot in big time situations but he's up on a lot of pressure though he's up on a hell of a lot of pressure this year
0: yeah he, he definitely is uh hold on so jory put lamar and then keep put, don't let Jordan hear you say that. <laughs> I mean, hey, we, we already know. We already know about Jordan. Um, so, yeah, so for me looking at it, like, Burrow was the easy one he's staying. I mean, Herbert, the biggest thing you say about Herbert is his coach might be, might be standing in, in his way more than anything. I do think it comes down to Lamar and Josh Allen. Like the only thing that's worrying me about Josh Allen is he's regressing ever since Dayball left. But a lot of that could be because they have him doing too much. You know, he has to lead the team in rushing, passing, and all that. That's a lot of pressure to put on a you know younger guy. The turnovers, I put a lot of that on him because in a lot of instances yeah, where he, yeah, he, yeah. he just throws the ball up. It's like an easy interception. It's like your team's too talented for you to take chances like that. Look, Lamar, we know his limitations, throwing outside the numbers. We'll have to see if Odell can help with that because we know he has a wide catch radius. But this has to get more accurate for me. He's another guy who kind of runs a little bit too much, but they have like two, three running backs that they usually have on the field with him. Uh... I might I might go Josh Allen because of the, the interception trend that he's been on that's a little bit worrying to me. Kind of as Jory put, yeah, Josh Allen's very talented but very reckless. Uh, we've seen quarterbacks through history who were kind of like that. Yep. Brett Favre took a lot of chances and would throw interceptions at the worst time. At the worst time, yep. Um, you know, what Phillip Rivers, another guy who kind of took a lot of chances. Yep. So uh but yeah, Josh Allen's gonna have a lot of pressure on him this year. Lamar as well. I mean, actually, all of them kind of do because Burrow yep. he's been close, hasn't gotten that ring yet. That there's pressure on him there. Herbert, for a guy who's as talented as he is, he needs a kind of he probably needs a deep playoff run this year, to be honest. Yeah, no, he
1: does. He does probably, yeah, about the playoff.
0: So but yeah, I'll, I'll go Josh Allen, but I can agree with you, Lamar. If you said Lamar's gotta go, I wouldn't argue against that either. <laughs> if you pick either one, there's a valid reason. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's a valid reason for either one. But the only thing, one thing Joe Burrow uh cool, you can kind of give him a pass on. He has been to the Super Bowl. Right. On his set, of uh, the second year of that of uh, him getting getting it together. But they're gonna lose one of those wide receivers. I believe T Higgins is going to find somewhere is going to go somewhere else. I don't believe they can pay all of those wide receivers. I believe T Higgins is going to be the domino to fall out of that receiving group. But other than that, the um, Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, you know, and Lamar Jackson, all of those guys, those top three right there, I believe they have pressure upon them all the way through one because of um, Lamar Jackson's contract. He asked for the contract. He held out for it. Now it's time for you to uh, be healthy and play up on the field. Now, granted, his receiving core is I. Right. It ain't nothing to sneeze at, pretty much. Uh, you do have a case for Lamar Jackson a little bit when he was on the field. Uh, the wide receiving core wasn't really good because Rashad Bateman, you know, couldn't stay on the field a lot. He's talented, but he can't stay on the field. Outside of Mark Mark Andrews last year, the wide receiving core was not really good. Mm-hmm. Devin Duvernay's I, right, but he's nothing more than a three. Uh, you had Deshaun Jackson. Nobody was scared of that receiving core, but now you got a better receiving core opposing if if they're healthy this year, if Rashad Bateman can stay healthy along with uh Mark Andrews, and you got a dominant running game, and you got Zay Flowers, who's one of the top rock runners in the NBA, in the uh in the NFL draft this year. So you have a better receiving core than you already had last year's a moment. Can they, it's a matter of can they stay healthy and can Lamarck stay on the field and produce?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I mean, once again, to kind of go with Keys' comment, Jordan picked a good week not to be on the show because he'd probably be losing his mind.
1: Right now. <laughs> but, yeah, Temple Temple at that time. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey,
0: he he's a Ravens fan and he he doesn't he doesn't you know hide from that. Yeah, the minute he starts talking, you can tell he's a Ravens fan. <laughs> but. um I think when I first saw it, I think a lot of people kind of in the comment section under that one got to go, did go with Lamar. and Like I said, it that's kind of a, yeah, that's, that's definitely a good choice, but we'll have to see. Yes. The wide receiver group will probably have a lot to say about his season plus his health. But you know, most Ravens fans don't want you to make it seem like he has an injury problem, but Back to back years, it's kind of a trend at this point. Yep. And it's one thing that he gets hurt early in the season, misses games early on, and he's there at the end of the year, but he's missed the most important weeks two years in a row. I mean, last year with the whole debacle with the playoff game, whether he should play, could have played, he didn't even travel with the team. So yeah, he, he definitely's gonna have to have a big year this year. Yep. But yeah, that was an interesting one.
1: Yep, yeah, um, gotta. I got one. It's an interesting one for me because okay. no, I, I got the NBA for you, and okay. we talking about you guys getting uh Boston. Uh, I want to throw uh two, uh, I want to throw two up in here. I want to throw Jalen Brown up in this situation too mm-hmm. because we know the situation. You guys are set to pay Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum over 600 mil. I believe, I believe that's uh come pretty much. So I, I don't I don't know if you guys are gonna re- sign can sign both of them, but it's also an interesting one. Sam facelle is is added to the coaching staff. Now is that brought to put more pressure on Joe Missoula going into next year? If uh, you know the team somehow somehow have trouble, mm-hmm. or what kind of move, what what, what kind of uh, thing that you see now? Sam Fasel is one of the mo- good respected head uh, yep. assistant coaches. He was on Doc Rivers. Uh, assistant co one of dot rivers uh, first assistants you know um he worked out with maxi spent a lot of time with maxi he spent a lot of time with james harden as well so you think he was brought in to put in put more pressure on joe Mazzulla and help joe Mazzulla when he's going through those situations where he can't make those adjustments and the Jalen Brown you know do you think you think uh you think Jalen Brown will remain a Celtic? So I I have a feeling Jalen Brown
0: will remain a Celtic It seems like, you know, Brad Stevens wants it to happen. Tatum's already come out and said, you know, keep, keep us together. I guess the good thing is with Tatum, you still have like two years to wait on him. So if you sign Brown this year, you get two years, who knows what the salary cap looks like in two years, maybe you can better handle the two of them making that much money. I'm as wild where the contracts are going, but that's just the nature of the business. The cassell move is a move that i love because i thought the biggest issue with missoula last year was his assistant coaches he didn't really have quality ones last year um as doug joins us what's up Uh, doug how you doing but if you remember like will handy left to take the utah job stoudemire left in the middle of the season for the georgia tech job They lost some assistance before that. You know, Ime's taking assistance now to Houston. So I think Cassell being there, in Cassell's mind, he's looking at it as he's going to be on the bench for a team that's going to have championship aspirations. That's obviously a big get for him. Two, if Missoula looks like he's over his head next year, because I think Cassell was in line for the job before Ime got it as well he might set himself up to get the coaching job if Missoula proves he can't do it next year. And I wouldn't be mad to see Cassell coach the Celtics. I mean, he's been in that area. He was on that championship team. He knows what the fan base is all about, so he could handle the pressure of it. So I, I think it it's probably to help Missoula grow. I wouldn't say it's to put pressure on him because you know last year being his first year, yeah, he struggled, but a lot of first-year coaches struggle in their first year. It's now what can he do now in the offseason knowing that he is the head coach. He can, you know, because last year, like I said, Yudoka was the coach, had this stuff happen, he was gone, then they named Missoula really quickly because they just needed a coach, so he couldn't even really prepare for it. So I think he'll look better next year, but having Cassell there is, is definitely a, a big
1: move. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a big move. He wasn't I don't, he wasn't ready to jump into the coaching position right then and there. Right. Everything everything uh came fast when the Imeiudoka situation happened. But I, I I I was uh I wanted Sam Cassell. I'm not saying I wanted him to be, I wouldn't be upset if we got him as a head coach, but he did interview, we did interview him for the coaching vacancies. It's just mm-hmm. uh the Houston Rockets had a lot of pressure on there to get the head coaching situation right. And they did get they did get that situation right. Locking them up. They didn't even go through second interview processes. They already named it Email Doka. Ima Udoka. So they shut down all the second interviews and named him the head coach. But uh far as uh you know uh Joe Joe Mazzula Joe Missoula, uh, not not mad. I, I think he uh he didn't make the proper adjustments he needed to be made, but the team did fight. The team did fight for him. They showed a, a nice little fight coming back down from 3 0. They did show some promise, show some fight. Unfortunately, you know, he's going to probably get a bad rap for how they looked in the game seven, how they possibly looked in that game seven. You know, Jason Tatum, nobody really actually showed up outside of Derek White in the game seven pretty much. But uh, I think Joe Missoula with a full training camp, full summer, I think he's going to be fine. And, you know, Sam Cussell, he he's a good person to have on that sideline. He's very good. He's very good with the guard situation uh he knows he he knows how to um adjust to the game and you know he's an nba champion he's a two-time nba champion and he knows the game of basketball so i think that's a good move by the celtics you know hiring you know sam cassell on that bench with joe mazula
0: yeah because the best thing for an coach new coach whatever strong assistant coaching staff because i mean there's some talks about some other guys who might join the staff like rondo or Some people are throwing Doc out there. I do not see Doc (laughs) being an assistant coach again. But unfortunately, the only head coaching job, which I guess kind of would have gone to my next question, the Toronto job is the only one that's left open, and it kind of seems like nobody wants it. Teams are getting assistant coaches before they can hire a head coach. (laughs) And my question is going to be like, what do you think would be appealing for the Toronto job, if anything?
1: I mean, if I had if I had the, I mean, Doc Rivers did pull a lot out of did pull up, out of the of the uh Phoenix job. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Phoenix job. Nobody expected, you know, Monty Williams to be with the Detroit Pistons at that moment. But if you want a coach that's gonna groom young players and play the young players and, and a coach that knows how to coach a style like them young players, I think Monty Williams is perfect. Remember what he did over there at Phoenix when they were very young over there before getting Chris Paul, before taking that team up another notch. I think he will be good over there with Kay Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. You can have a dynamic backcourt over there as well. Uh, Marvin Bagley kind of resurrected his career over there with the Detroit Pistons. And James Wiseman looked damn good over there with Detroit, too. He looked damn good over there with Detroit. Uh, He looked like a ball player. The Warriors just didn't have time to develop him enough. They, they you know Warriors are one of those win now teams and they didn't have time to uh, have a get a player ready and uh, James Wiseman him being over there with Detroit that's a perfect team over there to be with to get your development going and I think Monty Williams that's not a bad situation for him and he does he's not up under a lot of pressure he's gonna have some time to deal with that young team going so he's not up under he's just like Ime Yudoka. You don't you don't have to rush. You're not up on the fire when you're with with two young teams right. that's just to be uh set to be successful. So uh, at the end of the day, I think Toronto, that team is gonna look totally different this offseason. That team is gonna look totally different. Fred Van I don't think he's gonna be back next year. I think OG and Sayakam, you hear trade rumors about them all, all around. That team can be blown up uh about time the season start. And I think uh, – look out, I'm going to give a dark horse – I'm going to give a dark horse coach because I've been hearing his name a lot. Chris Quinn uh, yeah. from the Miami Heat, he's out there. I can see him being a candidate. Kevin Ollie can see him being a candidate um, out there Out there for the Toronto job. James Farrego also, uh, you know, who used to coach for Charlotte. I think he I, – I, I, I forgot he assisted somewhere, ain't he? He's a yeah, well, I was about to say, I think he and Kevin Ollie.
0: Yeah. Signed assistant jobs because okay, it's gonna great. be in Brooklyn. That's what I was like, these are guys who are supposed to be head coaching candidates yep. and they saw the Toronto job, was like, nah, I think I'm good on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I believe you got Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson yeah. will be good for us development. So uh I don't know if Dot Rivers Doc Rivers, I don't think he will be interested if everybody else passing up on that job. I don't mm-hmm. think die Rivers will be a part of a rebuilding process team at this point. So Chris Quinn. Chris Quinn, and you still will have Kenny Atkinson out there to take the head coaching job, you know, in, Toron- in Toronto. So, but the only thing about the Toronto, you know, they're got they're gonna still have Scotty Barnes to develop. He's pretty solid. He's pretty good. He could be an All Star someday in the league. But the team is gonna be a, definitely a rebuilding team. Whatever coach comes in there to coach that team, they're gonna be have to pre- be prepared for a rebuild. Yeah,
0: yes, yeah, so, because I think what's working against. And also, I put this up, you know, what's going on, Mo? Mo? They're, one, they're the only team that's in Canada, which I think some people might be running from. And then, like you said, there's going to be probably so many changes with that team. You know, Van Vliet gone. Siakam could be gone. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's a team that's like all their guys are like 6'8". Mm-hmm. And there's Fred Van Vliet. That's like their whole makeup of the team. It, I think – the way the NBA is right now, it was tough for a team like that to win and win a lot, especially go deep into a playoff. Because yeah. either they're going to go up against a team that has a really good low post guy, and then those six, eight guys are going to get destroyed, or they go up against a team that's got really athletic wings. And then outside of Scotty Barnes, everybody else kind of gets blown by in the perimeter, and now you have no rim protection. So the next coach that goes up there is going to have to figure out a new philosophy it kind of changed up the makeup of the team. I do agree with you. I think it's probably Chris Quinn or Atkinson because Atkinson was kind of in a similar situation. Yeah. When it he the Brooklyn it. job. Yep. Nobody expected anything out of that team. And then the minute they brought in, you know, KD and all those guys, then all of a sudden Atkinson wasn't good enough for the job. I think Atkinson right. is a really good coach. So if he got the Toronto job, that'd probably be good for him. But yeah, Chris Quinn seems like a rising star. In the coaching ranks, and I think the Toronto job would be perfect for a first time coach to kind of get their feet wet and no expectations up there. So I guess I have to wait till after the heat run <laughs> is over yep. to hire them and then they can finally hire their coach.
1: Yep, definitely, definitely, definitely. So, uh, got it. It's it's out. It's out of, uh, you got a question? Well,
0: I'm about to say, for those of you in the chat, if you guys have a topic you want to throw out there, you could do that now. We can spend the last couple of minutes with you guys or I mean coach, you got another one? You yeah,
1: I want to well, I, I kind of throw it out. You know, I want to uh go to the NFL part okay. and I wanna go to the uh you know more like your New England Patriots from last year. Heard Matt Matt Jones wasn't pretty happy, uh pretty happy last year. Uh I know uh Matt Jones is gonna uh get the starting job. Get the starting job. it's all safe to say we can. We can say, you know, uh, he's going to win the starting job. But do you think how long, how many games you would think before uh, Bailey Zappi plays this year? Because ba- Bailey Zappi did show some promise last year that he could mm-hmm. be a quarterback in this league when Matt Jones did struggle. You know, the Patriots kind of flip flop with the quarterback situation all year long. Yeah. Um, Bill O'Brien coming in as an offensive core as an offensive coordinator, but he he's also a hell of a, I'm a. I can tell you this, he's a hell of a goddamn quarterbacks coach. I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. He did to Christian Hackenberg in Penn State, uh, that takes a lot lot of coaching to get that guy on the right track. And you know we know what Christian Hackenberg is right now. He's probably a, he's about the lead right now. But um, again, Bill O'Brien is a guy that uh, that takes no slouch from anybody. He will hold you accountable. Just he was in the he shouldn't have been a GM of the Houston Texans. I think that brought as far as his personality, I think that changed him. But he is a quarterback guru, just to let everybody know that he is he knows how to coat get the best out of the uh quarterback situations. I mean, goddamn, look what he did to Brian Hoyer. He got the best up out of him. You got the best up out of him. So other than that, uh, but you caught it your quarterback situation, how you feel about that though? And do you feel like Bailey Zappy could be the guy, could be the guy for the New England Patriots if Matt Jones doesn't show some promise this coming year.
0: Ah, uh, that's interesting. Uh, hold on. It's because Key put, Drake might be available, yeah, for the Toronto job. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he would take it and it would turn into a whole show up there. Yeah. But, so the only thing is, I think the addition of Bill O'Brien is definitely going to help Mac Jones. The other problem is their schedule is really tough. Like their first four games, they could be 0-4. I think it would look bad on Mac Jones, but it could just be the competition that they've had. Now, Bailey Zappi, look, I I thought what he did last year was really good. I also wonder if he's more of a – I mentioned him earlier, like Taylor Heineke. Heineke will come in like four to six games. He'll look great. Then after that, it's like diminishing returns. He'll look like a backup quarterback. So I think Bailey Zappi at this point is kind of more along the lines of that. But that's not to say, like, if you gave it a couple of years, Bailey Zappi Zappi couldn't be a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback in the league. Now, if Mac Jones isn't the guy, I think the perfect scenario would be New England completely bottoming out, being played maybe for, like, Caleb Williams or something next year. The worst thing would be the Patriots finish like, you know, seven and eleven. I mean seven and ten, eight and nine type area, and you still don't really know about Mac Jones. This year you kind of have to know whether he's the guy or not. Cause it's his third year, the fifth year is already looming, and you, you gotta know if you need to bring in somebody new. I I'm a big fan. I've been on the Mac Jones bandwagon because I think when you saw competent offensive coaching, he made the playoffs his first year. When you gave him an offensive line coach as an offensive coordinator last year, he was awful. So (laughs) now you're bringing in a legitimate offensive mind, I'm assuming he'll play better. I just don't know if the record will be any better because of the schedule that they have. But I do think they will be better than some people think. So I think Mac Jones plays the whole year. Maybe outside of like a game or two, we might see Zappy, you know, probably with like an injury type thing, but I don't think we see a lot of Zappy this year. Gotcha, gotcha on that one. I mean, let's see. All right, so nobody, Chad has a question. So I think I had one really quickly and then I lost it. Um, all right, yeah, so I think more people are kind of getting in line with, you know, NFL, starting to think about teams like that. Who do you have for Dark Horse's nfc and afc so a team that nobody's talking about that could make a surprising run
1: so the dark horse uh in the nfc i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take i'm gonna uh take the i'm gonna take the new orleans saints as What's a dark east
0: coast gridiron
1: i'm gonna take the new orleans saints as a dark horse in the nfc okay. i'm not gonna say they're gonna they're not gonna win a championship or go to a nfc championship but they can make life hell because of the defense they got and now they got a comp- compromise of quarterback and Derrick Carr. Uh Derrick Carr never played with a top 10 defense in his whole career. He dev- the Raiders were never a top 10 defense in, in his whole co- career. I think the Raiders and you know uh Josh McDaniels they wanted him out. They showed signs of wanting him out. They got him up out of there and I think the Raiders are going actually they may actually be uh worse than what they were last year. We we'll do it today Jimmy Garoppolo's foot not being being injured now. Which is he should have been got surgery on. He then knew he wasn't, he did he wasn't coming back to the 49ers. He been knew he was gonna go somewhere else. So it was a right time for you to go and get the surgery to be ready by OTAs. Now they have a whole quarterback situation with Aiden O'Connell out of uh Purdue. Uh now, but I think their defense is gonna keep them in a lot of games, just like they were last year. Uh they still can get pressure on the quarterback um they got a solid secondary they got a solid secondary still um now they got uh derrick car chris olave who was a thousand yard wide receiver last year but they got some pretty good tools on that offensive side of the ball that they can uh that they can take care of now that they got derrick Carr. so i got them as a dark horse really of making the playoffs and making a team feel uh shook to kind of play them but i don't think they will be anywhere near you know, I don't think they would be anywhere near uh, NFC potential, NFC championship potential, or play, uh, Super Bowl potential. But they could give uh, a contending team a run for their money. And for the AFC, for the for the AFC side, for us the division, I don't, I don't think my Houston Texans will win the division. But I think it's a shot that we're we could win a division. The division is not even good. Not even good, first of all. And last year, most of our win, three of our wins came within the division. So mm-hmm. we were three, two, and one in the division, which means we played well in the division. Uh, we spoiled, we helped the Jacksonville Jaguars actually make the playoffs by uh, beating Tennessee. By beating Tennessee, we actually helped the Jaguars made, make it. We actually made Trevor Lawrence look bad every time we play him. We got a, a rebound secondary. Jimmy Ward, Stingley is going to be better. Uh, Petrie is going to be better. Petrie is going to, uh, be better, uh, way even better. He's going to probably be an all pro, uh, next year the way he had the best, uh, you can argue he had the best. He was probably one of the top safeties in the league. Not saying he's a top five safety, but he had a great safety rookie season, 147 tackles, five interceptions. He was all over the place last year. Now we finally got a goddamn quarterback that know that that won't throw the ball to the other goddamn team and fumble the ball away in tight situations. We got a, a bruiser running back in Damian Pierce. We added Damian Singletary. We added us, Devin Singletary from the Buffalo Bills. Our receiving core is better. I'm not, I'm not saying we're winning the division. I think we're gonna win seven games this year. We're gonna go seven and 10. That's my breaking point, but don't be surprised if we we can win that division because of the division is not so good. Um, Tennessee, they have a great defense. Uh, just a matter if uh, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry is going to be healthy. Uh, Traylon Burks, I'm very high on him as a uh, wide receiver, but I don't think they're I, I don't think they're uh, really good enough. The Colts, Colts, um, they show signs. They show signs. They have a solid defense. Uh, we I don't know where Anthony Richardson is yet. That's a question right there for me. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they are the best team in the division. Assuming if Trevor Lawrence be the same Trevor Lawrence as he were last year and ETN is as good as he was last year, I think the Jaguars are the best team in the AFC South borderline.
0: Okay. Well, Jory put keep dreaming because, you know, her her Tennessee Titans are, (laughs) you know, close to her heart. Um, So I think I'll start the AFC. I think my AFC dark horse would be, uh, hold on. Let's see. East Coast gridiron in uh,
1: hell. Jory, answer back with. I enjoyed.
0: have no concerns about my quarterback or running back. I have a solid tight end. My O-line has been, for the most part, patched. I have high hopes. Okay. I mean, the AFC South and the NFC South, I think the AFC South probably has a better team in it in Jacksonville, but both divisions could be wide open. I mean, I, I also think the te- the Texans will probably be better than some people think because I think CJ Stroud will be fine year one, but Brees Hall, what well, you got Robert Woods, so they they'll they'll be fine. Uh, but my AFC dark horse is probably Cleveland like I, like I said that. like I said before, I think Deshaun Watson gets back to his Texans form, and because of that, that's good enough for a couple more wins right there. I mean, I think some people forget because of the off-the-field stuff and seem like it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. He's a really talented quarterback. He's in the mold of quarterback you need today. Mobility, arm strength, accuracy, he has all that. I think he gets back to that. So I think Cleveland's a dark horse in the AFC. NFC, my dark horse is going to be... I mean, I know everybody's in love with the Lions, but I feel like right now Lions aren't even... Don't even qualify as dark horse anymore. Uh, oh, man. NFC so tough. Because you can name like eight teams in the NSC and probably be right. Yep. I'll say Seattle as a dark horse. Okay. I think Geno Smith will be a little bit better year two. And, I mean, hopefully they can be a little bit better defensively because they had some games where they couldn't stop the run. But. Yeah, I think the Seahawks will be fun to watch, and I think in that division, if the Niners can't figure out their quarterback situation, I could see the Seahawks winning that division. Yeah, and then at that point, your top four seed in the playoffs, you get a home game. Who knows?
1: I don't think I don't think the Lions got the division wrapped up as everybody thinks. I think Minnesota still can possibly win a division. Yeah. You take out, you just really you take out, you just only thing. They didn't really have – they didn't really make no significant changes. The only thing they changed pretty – is going to change is the running back – the running back situation. Now with Alexander Madison maybe getting the busload of the carries, and now you take out Adam Thielen and you just add in Jordan Addison and now a younger uh, wide receiver. I don't think nothing offensively has changed in Minnesota. So I think they still can be the borderline, the best team in the division. It's just they won't won't even go – they won't go any further. They won't go any. They won't go any further in the playoffs. They still will be questionable in in the playoffs. So the only thing about them is their secondary. How good the secondary can be now that they added Byron Murphy uh, in the secondary. They got better with Byron Murphy in the secondary. So we think the Lions got an open invitation to be the best team in the NFC in the NFC North. I think Minnesota still can win that division. They still got the same quarterback. They got the, the running back situation is going to change with mm-hmm. Alexander Madison now being the starting running back. Now you don't have no more Adam Thielen, but that may be good because you got Jordan Addison coming in. You got Jordan Addison coming in from USC. That's a bad guy. That's a bad receiver right there from USC. That's going to uh, open up the field for Justin Jefferson. So the team offensively, and they got TJ Hawkinson also from yeah. the Detroit Lions. So, that team is still pretty much the same offense. Offensively, they still the same team. They didn't really make no real changes on the uh, offensive side of the ball. So they still can be scary uh, in the regular season. Uh, Playoffs, different story.
0: Right. right. Yeah. And they also brought in Brian Flores to run the defense. Yeah. That that right there means they're going to improve defensively because we already know what kind of coach uh, Flores is. So Sajun put directed at me. I knew you were going to say Seattle, bro. Well,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean yeah you know he, he tunes into the big three a lot we talk about Seattle and you know Dylan's the, the Seahawks fan, but I rate up Seattle as well so you know side isn't paying attention <laughs> uh, yeah I mean we're actually hour four in usually about the time we go on cheap seats but like I said somebody in the chat has one quick question we could do that but if not you know uh coach, this has been a pleasure. Like Thanks, I said, the first man. time doing anything on stream with you. You got any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Hey man, I thank you, man, for having me on. I mean, like I say, anytime y'all need somebody, I'm an open invitation. I'm one I want uh Glue Chat message away. I'm one tag away pretty much.
0: Yeah. So hey, I now that you said that, any chance I get need somebody, I'm reaching out to you for sure.
1: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: But, um, yes, yeah, so looks like nothing in the chat, but um, appreciate all of you that did tune into the chat. You know, Jory, Sijin. Oh, and here he comes. He has a question right at the end. How are we feeling about Ritter? Uh, hold up, Florida boy top. What up? What's going on? Thanks for tuning in. I we can end the show with this, not, yeah. not a long discussion. So, Ritter, for me, there's a lot of talent in Atlanta, which means there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to take that second year leap. I think the first sign of any slip up, I think Arthur Smith and those fans are going to want to see Taylor Heineke. And then at that point, I don't know if that might do too much to his confidence. I wasn't big on Ritter when they drafted him. I kind of thought this year they were going to make a play for Lamar when he was kind of just out there hoping someone would throw money at him. I thought it would have made sense with all the moves they made, but look, Arthur Smith believes in Ritter I, you know, they dropped a B. John Robinson, so clearly they're going to go with a ground-and-pound type of offense and only ask Ritter probably to do play action. If he can handle that, they probably win that division. But I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode because I was never really sold on Ritter. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about him, Coach?
1: Uh, I'm not a big fan of him either. I think, I think the best uh, Desmond Ritter is going to become as a game manager. I think the best out of right. him – that's gonna become uh you're gonna have you got uh the top running back in the draft and B. John Robinson. Uh and you got Chris Agiri who at who uh was a thousand yard wide receiver. Uh Bijan Robinson, don't get me wrong, to me, he's the best running back in the draft. I don't think he should have been drafted in that spot because right. Cordero, Cordero, Cordero Patterson was really good at the running back situation, and Tyler Iri is a thousand yard wide receiver. So that kind of scratched my head. Yes. To me, he was the best running back in the draft. But I don't think far as the situation, I don't think he should have been drafted uh, to Atlanta. I don't think he should have been drafted to Atlanta with crit Jerry. Now he's gonna take some carries away from Tyler Jerry. Now that he's he was a, a top overall pick in the draft. Now you're putting pressure on him. You're gonna ask Tyler Jerry to take a step back. And now you give putting Bijan right up in the uh situation at the starting road. A guy that was a thousand yard wide receiver last year, so they're gonna they definitely play more of that ground and pound uh, as well. They got a good receiver in Drake London, who had a really good season eight hundred yards, not bad for a rookie. Mm-hmm. That's not bad for a rookie. Kyle Pitts was a little bit disappointing last year. Uh, the secondary got better with Jeff Okuda, uh, Jesse Bates, uh, AJ Terrell. I can say the secondary is a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, David David Onyemata. It's going to help them get some pressure on the quarterback. That's one thing they, they struggled at last year is getting pressure on the quarterback. So I think uh at best, Desmond Redder is going to be a game manager. I don't think nothing more is but a game manager. If he can just keep the ball out of harm's way, I think they should do enough. I think they should be fine.
0: All right. Well, side Put, Okay. Thank you, guys. Hey, we're here to answer your questions. Um. Yeah, so I think that'll be the last question of the night. You know, like I said before, fun having you on, Coach. Uh, Next week, Jordan and uh, Gene should be back. You know, I'll be here. I'm usually not going anywhere. So, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, this has been another episode of Cheap Seats. Appreciate all of you for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel because Sports Empire never has got a lot going on. You can check out Coach or one of his play-by-plays. I think we got what Jake doing, Stanley Cup tonight. So, yep definitely check them out with a lot of great people on the channel a lot of great shows never disappointed so make sure you hit the subscribe button but until next week tuesday seven o'clock this is cheap seats and we're out have a great rest of your night see you guys later
1: see y'all guys <laughs>